Welcome to the Ephesians in August podcast, episode 7, Putting on the New Humanity. In this podcast, we'll be focusing on Ephesians 4.17 to 5.20. It is important to note that Ephesians 4 verse 1 marks a major transition in the letter from the extended thanksgiving section to the Paranasis or the ethical exhortation section. Having reminded his readers of their new identity in Christ in the first part of the letter, Paul now exhorts them to live out this new life in very specific ways. The primary way he does this is through a series of stark contrasts, which clearly communicate that the old way of living is gone and the new has come. For instance, the verb parapeteo, which means to walk or to live, is used throughout this passage to reinforce this contrast. In Ephesians 4.17, Paul encourages his readers to no longer live or walk, parapetain, as the Gentiles live or walk, parapete. Marking an inclusio in this section, the verb reappears in 5.2 where the readers are encouraged to live or walk, parapeteta, in love, as Christ loved us. So, a negative way of walking is contrasted with a positive way of walking. This pattern continues in 5.8, where the readers are exhorted to live or walk, parapeteta, as children of the light, because they once were darkness, but now they are light in the Lord. Finally, Ephesians 5.15 reads, Be careful then how you live or walk, parapeteta, not as unwise, but as wise. Yoder Neufeld writes in his commentary, The striking contrast between two ways of walking serves as a useful theme under which to consider this section of Ephesians. This section begins with an explicit contrast between these two ways of living. In 4.17, Paul urges his readers, you must no longer live as the Gentiles live, in the futility of their minds. There are a few noteworthy things about this verse. Most of the Christians at Ephesus were Gentiles, or ta-ethne. So by encouraging them to no longer walk like Gentiles, Paul is clearly pointing back to their former lives. Jordan Neufeld notes that this pessimistic look at Gentile life holds up an ugly mirror to the readers, reflecting their former walk for the purposes of warning, encouragement, and reinforcement of identity. The readers are no longer to live or walk as they once did. In addition, Paul's depiction of the Gentiles identifies darkened minds and hardened hearts as the root of their alienation from God. Verse 19 describes what we typically associate with sinful behavior. They have lost all sensitivity and have abandoned themselves to licentiousness, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But in the verses prior to this, we observe the real root of the problem, the inner life, the mind, and the heart. 4.17 their thinking was futile. 4.18, their minds are darkened. 
4.18, they are separated from God because of their ignorance. And finally, their hearts have become so hardened and so callous toward God that they have lost all sensitivity regarding right and wrong. The tainted inner life of unredeemed people, the head and the heart, is the true problem, and it gets manifested on the outside in all kinds of negative behavior. So it's not surprising that when God renews people, he works from the inside out. In the verses that follow, Paul places the old life and the new life side by side, and the contrast could not be more blunt. Darkened minds versus renewed minds. Decay versus renewal. Impurity versus holiness. Separated from the life of God versus being created in the likeness of God. In contrast to the ignorance of their former lives, the readers are now attending a new school, the school of Jesus. Paul writes in verse 20, But you did not learn Christ in this way. To learn Christ is to become his disciple, to follow the way of the Master, and to aspire to be like him. Marcus Bart translates this verse, You have become students of the Messiah. Learning Christ certainly involves being taught about Christ and the truth that is in Jesus. But it goes beyond mere acquisition of facts to the development of Christ-like character in us. Paul expresses this idea in another one of his letters, in the letter to the Galatians. In 4.19 he writes, My little children, for, who, for whom I am again in the pain of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. Now the main lesson in the school of Jesus is to put off the old dirty rags of our former selves and put on the new suit of clothes that God has made for us. It is important to note that this image of changing clothes is a vivid metaphor, but it's limited. The transition from the old self to the new self is profound, and it involves God's renewing power within us. Verse 24 encourages the readers to clothe yourselves with the new self created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. God, by his spirit, gets to the root of the problem and renews our minds. And then he recreates his image in us, which leads to a life that is righteous, holy, and true. The Christian believer, however, must embrace this new humanity, this new way of being human. Being spiritually renewed and recreated in Christ, we are called to be imitators of God as beloved children. The old saying, you are what you wear, nicely summarizes the verses that follow. By adopting the new humanity that God has created, it gets manifested in brand new behavior. A noticeable feature in this passage is the message that living the new life in Christ is not merely avoiding sin, but it is engaging in positive, alternative behavior. Again, the old humanity is in stark contrast with the new humanity. So instead of lying, we are called 
to speak the truth with each other. Instead of letting anger fester and develop into bitterness, we are to address what is provoking our anger. Instead of stealing and selfishly acquiring goods for ourselves, we are to engage in hard work so that we can share with others in need. Instead of using rotten speech that hurts or injures people, we are to use words that build up and encourage others. Rotten talk brings sorrow to God's Spirit. Cruel behavior towards others is to be excluded from our lives, and in its place, God's character needs to shine through. We are to be kind, compassionate, loving, and forgiving toward others. In this way, we will exhibit God's character in the world. We will be imitators of God as beloved children. Furthermore, we have renounced the darkness that we once were and have embraced our new identity as children of the light. We live wisely, not foolishly. Yoder Neufeld summarizes the thrust of this passage in this way. To watch carefully how one walks is thus to purchase every opportunity to expose the darkness and thus participate in the redemption of time, the transformation of darkness into light. I find it very interesting that in this section of Ephesians, Paul teaches that the Christian life is not simply about avoiding sin or putting a stop to negative thoughts and behaviors. Rather, it is about living the new life in Christ. The thief not only stops stealing, but earns an honest living in order to give to those in need. The foul mouth don't merely stop talking. Instead, they speak words that build others up. We are not to withdraw from this world of darkness, but we are to be children of light who expose the darkness and transform the darkness by our way of living. In every situation, there is an alternative way of living that must be embraced. I'm stressing this point because I think we've reduced the Christian life to managing sin. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe that Christians need to avoid sin. But sometimes this focus on sin can be limiting. For instance, you might get through the week without committing a particular sin and breathe a big sigh of relief and think that that's all there is to living for Jesus. Ephesians is saying that there is so much more to the Christian life. In stark contrast to the darkness all around us, we are called to live as children of the light and let the light produce in us goodness, justice, and integrity. Jesus says to us, you are the light of the world, like a city on a mountain, glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand and let it shine for all. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. That's the end of this episode in our Ephesians in August podcast series.
Until we meet again, keep reading and studying this wonderful letter. Thank you.